Good morning. How are we? I think this side should have won. Do you know why? Because we had two words in one of them. Easter Sunday. That should count as two. I, I have the authority in this house to determine. <laughs> and just causing trouble. It's like being at home, isn't it? Playing Monopoly. Games at home. Hey, how are we doing? Great to see you in church this morning, Easter Sunday. Obviously, we're here to celebrate the wonderful thing that God did on Easter Sunday, which is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Being fully satisfied with his sacrifice of what he gave for our sins. God was pleased with him, and he raised him up to put him above everything, to show us that God was satisfied with his son and his sacrifice, so that we don't have to live in condemnation anymore but through faith in Jesus Christ, we can be accepted by God and know God. How good is that? And the evidence of that is the resurrection. Without the resurrection, there is no evidence of that. The crucifixion was amazing. That is the gift of God. But without the res resurrection, it's just another death. But with the resurrection, that's the evidence. The question is, do you believe that happened? Do you believe he died for you and do you believe he rose again? Because if you do, I believe you can receive Jesus, and I'll show you how you can at the end. You can receive Jesus and know the hope that we have in Jesus, that death is not the end. Because God has showed us through Jesus Christ. And we're here to celebrate that this morning. I get excited about it. Anybody else? It means we don't have to live without, hope any, without a hope. We can live with hope. And there's too many people living without hope. We need hope. So, it's Easter Sunday. So... Um, I'm going to start off, I'm going to try and do some activities with kids, I don't know how it's going to go, I'm more nervous about my activities than I am about doing the message this morning, if I'm honest, so please, no booing, what do you mean, lots of sympathy, I like that, no booing this morning at my tricks and things I try and do, so it might go wrong, if it goes wrong, great, I don't mind anyway, Jesus loves us, so um, I'm going to start off with Mark 16, verse 1 to 3, going to read it, and this, this is... After the death of Jesus, some of his uh, close friends are going to go and see where he is. And, and uh, have we got it up there? Mark, here we go. So when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Shalom bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. And this is the line I want us to listen to. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise. You know, if you go back to chapter 15, verse 33, it says when Jesus is being crucified, that the whole of the earth was covered in darkness. The whole of the earth was covered in darkness. There was no light. It was complete darkness. That's where people were living. That's where we were all living in a world that was covered in complete darkness. But on this day, after the death, not yet knowing the resurrection, it says this very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise. What does that mean for me and you today? It means this. God is a God of beginnings. He's not a God of, he's a God of endings, but he's a God of beginnings. And this day was a new beginning. The darkness that covered the, all, the whole earth, guess what? The sun is now rising. It's a new day. 
It was the first day. It was the first day of the week, and the sun was rising on that day. I want to ask you this morning, is the sun rising on your first day? Or are you still living under the darkness? Yes, there's darkness in this world, but is it covering the whole of your life? Or do you understand that there is a new day? And on that day, guess what? The sun was rising. The sun was rising. And as they went to the tomb, the sun was rising. Little did they know that the sun had risen. But on that day, the sun was rising. I'm going to ask it on your day, is your sun rising? Or are you looking at the whole of the earth and going, there's so much darkness that covers this world. No, the sun is rising. What, do you, what are your eyes on this morning? Is it on, is it on the darkness or is it on the sun? Is it on the sun? Because I want to tell you this morning, the sun is risen. The sun is risen on the very first day of the week after sunrise. The sun was rising. They haven't even encountered Jesus yet, but the sun was rising. You know, if I was to write a story, there's no way I could write this story the way God's written it. Is anybody good at writing stories? You put your hand up, confidence. If I, if, if, you, okay, you come here then, you can help me write a story. Come on, Jairo, you can help me write a story. Come on. Are you, come on then, you can help me write a story. Come on, give him a clap. Anybody else want to write, help me? Hands up. Come on, Anna, you can come up. Right, I need to go in a line here, I want you. You, 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 have, you have that one, because you, come on, you stand this, your side. You have that one. You have that one. And you have that one. If, if I was writing a story, this is generally how my beginnings begin. Can everybody remember this? Can, hold them up so they can see. That's, that's it, that's okay. okay. Oh, once upon a time. Everybody remember writing those stories? Yeah? And you teach kids writing kind of your traditional uh, fairy tale stories, you teach them to do this. And then they get a year later and you say, don't use that anymore. It actually, it'll just downgrade your mark. So you teach them write this, and then you say to them, don't use that anymore. So what I'm going to ask you to do, we're going to change the beginning of our story. What I want you to do is move around and change the order for me. We're going to see if you can create a better start for us. Okay, what we got? Okay, we've got a time upon once. Who likes that? Aren't they clever? A time upon once. That's better. Right, do it again. Move around. Let's have a look. Are you happy? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I like that. Time upon once. Ah. They liked it. They liked it. They liked it. You're doing good. Do another one. Let's have a look now. Oh. Okay. Okay, let's all read it. Are you ready? At upon once time. At upon once time. Do we like that one? They're not as impressive. Can you remember the other one you did? Or have you forgotten it? No, not the once upon a time. The, t the one you did before because they really like that one. Go on then, try that one then. Time upon. No, it was I once. So they know, they remember. Okay, they like this one. Time upon a once. No, they didn't respond the same. What went on? <laughs> They're just getting used to your story and we need to completely. One last time then. Move them around. One last time. Let's have a go. Hey, you can see the leaders, can't you? You stand there. You do this. You do that. Come on. The organizers. 
Where do you want me to stand? Over there. Okay. you got a great household going on there. Right, so we've got, in a minute, Gideon, stay there. Time upon once are. I kind of like, just move that one around. Just move that one, put that one. Particle there. Yes, okay. Time upon a once. Do you like that one? Let's give him a round of applause. Okay, a little bit of fun, but here's the point, okay? We've all got a start in life. We've all got a once upon a time, have we not? You know, and some of us have got once upon a times that have happened that are still our once upon a times. Some of us have had negative experiences. When, when that happened to me once... And it's still telling the story today because that was my beginning. Are you hearing? That hurt me, all my loss, the disappointments, the rejection, the pain. We've all got once upon a times, have we not? The question is, is your beginning still your middle and your end? Is your once upon a time is, is what's determining your life? Because it is, maybe you could have a different start. Maybe God wants to give you a beginning because he's into creating beginnings. You know, we've all got a once upon a time. The question is, is it determining the whole of your life? I would suggest that you create a new beginning, a new start. Let Jesus be the start of your life. I'll guarantee he'll be the best start, he'll be the best middle, and he'll be the best end. God is a God of beginnings, is he not? We're going to read Mark 16 now some more. Are you still with me? Right. When the Sabbath was, sorry, no, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. I was tempted to get some kids up and shove alarms on them and say they're alarmed today, but I thought it'd be messy. Don't be alarmed, then get them to take the alarms off, right? He said, you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. You know, my next point is this about beginnings. When it's the end, or when it seems to be the end, there's a new beginning. Are you hearing that? When it appears to be the end with God, it's a new beginning. It is. I'm going to just give an illustration. I need some help again. I need two different volunteers. There's no chance you're coming up. Not after you bossed me around last time. (laughs) Okay, the one next, I'll tell you what, the one next to you, is it Sam? Yeah, Sam, you come up. And who's that side? Who are you pointing to? Who's that hand? Yeah, yeah, Derek, whoever you, yeah, come on. That's it, you come on. Let's give him a round of applause. You, 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 you're not going it's, to, it's not going to be embarrassing. I'm not going to ask you to do too much. I just want you to hold that there for me. Can you come the other, other end? Can you roll that out and you roll that, that end? Keep going. Keep going. I just knew that was going to happen. But it, it adds to it because it makes them laugh, right? Okay, so now most of us, most of us in life, I think, think like this. Here's my beginning. Here's my middle. And he is my end. We live with time, logic, and we reason with that. It's been created by us, time. 
You know when Jesus died roughly, how many years ago? 2,000 years, roughly 2,000 years ago. We know from BC, we've created it before Christ, AD. Yeah, we've created that time. And most of us function like this in life. Here's my beginning, here's my middle, and here's my end. And my beginning determines my middle and my end. Would you agree? Most of us think like that. Can you give these two a round of applause? Thank you very much. You can, let, you can roll it up if you want to. No, just give it me. I don't blame you. Thank you very much. Most of us, most of us think like that. But I want to challenge your thinking now because I don't think that's how God thinks and I don't think that's how God wants us to think. Yes, there are moments in times that are once on a time, but I think God thinks more like this. God thinks more like this. So I'm going to ask you now, where is your beginning on this, with this mindset? Where's your beginning? Is it here? Put your hands up if your beginning's here. Put your hands up if your beginning's here. Put your hands up if your beginning's here. Yeah, but none of you have got a beginning then. You've got to begin somewhere. You've got to begin somewhere. You've got, to, you've got to start somewhere in life. But with us, we think it begins at the beginning. But with God, he says, hey, I can begin from anywhere. I can begin at your end. And your end will now be a beginning. I can take your end and turn it into a beginning. That's what I can do. You're thinking logical. You look back and think, oh, your once of a time, your once upon a time has affected everything in your life. God says, no, your once upon a time, give it to me. And we'll turn it into something new. So, so here's an example. You're, you're here. Everything's going really well in life. Then things start to deteriorate in your mind. Things start to reduce. And then it gets really bad because you think everything's falling apart and the pain and the suffering and the disappointment and the loss. You're here and you think it's the end. God says it's not the end. You're just going through a cycle. I'm going to bring you through that season. And now you're coming out of that season and you're coming to a new beginning. That's how God works. He works more in seasons. When he gave us in the beginning, what did he say? There'd be a light for the day and a moon for their... He gives us cycles. He gives us celebrations. He gave the Jews celebrations to remember creation. Remember the miracle, the revelation of the Passover. That's what he gave them. He gave them cycles of life to remember who he was. When we get into just this linear mindset, we get lost in our own trajectory. Get a God mindset. Get a God perspective, because when God sees your beginning, he's over the moon. But he says, when I see your end, I'm still over the moon. Because if you'll give me your end, I'll turn it into a beginning. When your end seems like it's ended, it's just the beginning to him. I can testify. Anybody in this room could probably testify when they got to the end of their rope. They gave up and they gave it to Jesus, and they realized it was a new beginning. How does that work? It's how he works. It's how he changes the way we see things. Rather than seeing our once upon a time disappointment, he turns it into, a, not a fairy tale, but he brings it into a reality of him coming into our lives. And he's here and he's in it. You know, seasons of life, that's what we go through. We have spring, we have summer, we have autumn, we have winter. Who likes winter? Come on. There's some beautiful things in winter, is there not? Who likes autumn? All the leaf people, tree huggers, you all put your hand up. Come on, beautiful leaves. Who likes spring? Yeah, that new life coming. Who likes summer? You sun worshippers. 
you repent, worship God only. <laughs> but there's something good in every season, is there not? Is there not? And if you can see the good in every season out there, why can't we see the good in every season in our own lives? Because when God says it ends, when we say end, sorry, God says it's just the beginning. If you give that to me, I will bring it out and bring good out of it. When it seems like it's the end, they said, he's crucified. And then they said, he's risen. When it seemed like it was the end, it was the beginning. It was a new beginning. Do you believe that? Because if you can believe in him, that he died and rose again, you can believe that that resurrection power in you, it can bring you out of that end. It can bring you out of that season. It can bring you through the season. A couple of things on that. A little bit of teaching on that, right? The cycles of your life. Three quick things. Are you ready? You're going to go through a foundational season. God is forming the foundation, what your life is built on. Why is this happening to me? Why does it seem to be deteriorating? Because he's trying to work his foundation in your life. Are you building it on him or other things? Why is it falling apart? Because he's trying to show you what you're building your life on. Is it real or not? If you're giving him his heart or you put your faith in Jesus, are you really following or are you just saying it with words? No, I surrender my life. There's a foundation forming. Does that make sense? That's one cycle. Next cycle of your life, discipleship or formation. I'm now going to take you through a different cycle which forms you like Christ, discipleship. Oh, why is this season happening in my life? Oh, because you're going through a formation season. Foundational, formational. Are you listening? Last season, fruitfulness. Why am I being, why is this cutting off? Why is there increase? Why did it go amazing there? Why was it not amazing there? Because he's bringing fruitfulness. And with fruitfulness, you need to understand where the source is. It's not you, it's him. He's the vine, he's the vine, he's the producer of life. And when you're attached to him, he'll produce the life in you. You can't produce fruit without him. You can do, oh, I'm doing ministry, I'm doing this, I'm doing amazing, and look what's happening, and all of a sudden it disappears, and you're like, what's going on? Because he needs to be the vine foundational first why am I life falling apart why is this happening why do I get rejected well what's your foundation on because if you'll understand he's in my end there's a new beginning then oh yeah but the foundation yeah he's in there come on dig deep in there I'm finding him I'm searching for him God is with me in my end in my darkness God is in there yeah but it seems so dark but my God is in there because he's, he's forming the foundation, the formation to make you like Christ, then the fruitfulness. That is good, isn't it? I like that myself. And that's why we go through cycles, because he's forming you like Christ to make you more like him. So don't give it up when you're in your end, because your end is your beginning. Don't leave church when you're at your end, when someone's upset you. You're in your beginning. You're trying to grow up and mature. Forgive them. Be like Christ. There's my pastor's shout and rant. Okay, so when it seems like an end... It's just the beginning. Shh, you're just beginning. And then the last one. Are you still with me? I don't know my time. Mark 16, 7 to 8. But go tell his disciples and Peter. But go tell his disciples and Peter. Sarah did a great message last week. If you were here, she talked about Jesus told the disciples before his death to be quiet and don't say things. After the resurrection, it changes. Go and tell people. Go and tell people. It's a command, church. 
It's a command from heaven. Go. Jesus is commanding you. Go and tell people. Go and tell people. It's not a, it's not a oh, I might tell people. No, go and tell people. Jesus died and he's been resurrected. I'll just keep quiet about it because people will upset me. I don't want to do that. No, the risen Lord is Lord and King. Go and tell someone about it. It's commanded in scripture. Go and tell people. Sorry, there's my sending. Let's get back in. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. And just as he told you, trembling and bewildered, the woman went out, fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Well, we know the message went out because we've got it today. But my final point is this. God is the one who faithfully makes something out of nothing. He's the one who faithfully makes something out of nothing. He took a dead man and raised him back to life again. He makes something out of nothing. And he's so faithful at doing it. Has anybody got any nothings in here? Does anybody feel like nothing? Oh, you don't say that. I do. I've got some nothingness. And if I give my nothingness to him, guess what he does with it? He makes it into something. Yeah, but people will know my nothingness. Well, bring your nothingness and you'll, you'll realize he makes you into something. Because that's what he does. If you notice, it says, okay, I'll prove. I'll prove, right? I'll prove to you. Um, I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. Someone who's good at magic. I, I've always wanted to be Paul Daniels. He was my hero. If you don't know Paul Daniels, back in the 80s, he was the greatest magician on the planet. He, he really was. And I always liked him because my name was Paul, so I always wanted to be Paul Daniels. He passes that hat. I need a volunteer. Just, just make me look the part, right? There you go. Look the part, Okay. I look, I, look, I look the part. Okay, so uh, Caleb, come on then. Where's Caleb? Let's give it up for Caleb. So, you can wear that because you look more like a magician than me, okay? We need, have you got a, have you got a wand? No. Check your pockets. Um, there you go, there's a wand. Oh, there you go, look at that. Oh. Okay, now we have a wand. Be careful with it because it's not real or proper wand, right? So, just to prove we can make something out of nothing. There's nothing. You see it? Can you just check it? It's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally nothing. <laughs> it's nothing, right? It's nothing. So, so, and you, you magicians in here, right? You know this trick, so be quiet. Okay? So all I'm going to do is I'm going to roll up. I'm going to roll up my nothing. Are you watching? There's nothing there. You agree? Just wave it over that. See, what makes, what makes something out of nothing for you? The blood of Jesus, does it not? The blood of Jesus. See, when God takes nothing, he brings something out of nothing. Do you see what I'm saying? If I can bring something out of nothing, how much more can he bring? Are you impressed? He did that, not me. Give it up, give it up for Caleb. You can take that, mate. You can take, thank you. Sorry? Yeah, I'll have that back. I'll give it him. See, I mean, you think, you think there's a magic trick there. There's not. It's, there's literally nothing in there, right? There's nothing in there. Prove it. You can have it, okay? Are you impressing me, trick? But why do I say that, right? 
In here it says this. Go and tell the disciples, and who else? Peter. Go and tell Peter. Now, if you've been in church a long time, you've probably heard this before, and you know it. Why Peter? Because Peter said, Jesus, I'll never leave you. Peter was the first disciple in Mark that called, was called. He was the beginning. He was the beginning of the disciples. He was the beginning. But now, Peter has denied Jesus, and he feels like he's a nothing. He's messed up. I'm, I said I'm going to be church Jesus every week. I said I'm going to praise you like nothing. And then when that cycle came round and I, you were dealing with something in my faith that I didn't quite understand and you were dealing with something deeper that I didn't understand when you said I pray that your faith wouldn't fail but I didn't understand and I feel completely useless in my bottom because I feel like, not his bottom, is the bottom of his cycle, right? He, he felt rubbish. So what does Jesus do? Tell Peter. Tell the disciples, but specifically Peter. Why? Because Peter feels like rubbish. He feels like he's let me down. But when it's the end, when you find the nothing, what does Jesus do? He turns him into something. He loves him with such a depth of love that he's never known before. He accepts him and receives him, and then he empowers him and gives him a depth of love that, that, that just destroyed all condemnation in his life and without rejection. And he knew Jesus loved him. I want to ask you this question. Do you know Jesus loves you? Do you know how deep that love was for you? Can you imagine Peter watching the crucifixion and realizing he would deny Jesus? And then three days later, this Jesus that he loved, who he denied, is back again. And he actually meets him. And then he forgives him. And he empowers him with such a love that he's never known before. That's our story. We all get it right some days. We all get it wrong some days. But I want to say this. There's a million second chances with Jesus. There's a million second chances. He doesn't give up on you on the first nothingness. He says, come on, let's go again. I'm not giving up on you. Now, it's our choice whether we turn away from our sin and the wrong things we do and choose to follow him. We can't blame Jesus for our lack of repentance and still doing the things and saying, oh, my life's falling apart. No, we turn to Jesus. He loves us. He forgives us. He gives us a new beginning. Our once upon a time is his time now. And we start to follow Jesus. He changes our hearts. You see, he's into bringing something out of nothing. Do you want another magic trick? I'm feeling on form. I am literally feeling on form. I feel the crowds responding to me. I've not been booed. I did warn some people when they came in. I'm doing some tricks. Don't boo at me because I know what you like. Everyone's gone quiet. It, there's nothing in this bag, right? Would you agree? Nothing in the bag. Do you want to look? Do you want to test it? Trust me, I'm a pastor. <laughs> nothing? Teddy? Nothing in the bag? No? Are you sure? Because... I believe this, when we give God our lives, he takes our nothing and he makes it into something so, so beautiful. And it's based on his words and who he is and his promises. And his promises are yes over your life. His promises are I love you continually, I'll never give up on you. His promises are I will always love you even when you fail. His promises are hey, I'm with you forever. The question is, will you put your trust in Jesus? 
Because he's put his trust in you and saying, hey, just trust me. Trust me with your heart. Trust me with your life. I'll never let you down. I'll never forsake you. But if you don't, you'll be missing out on some things. I'm telling you, you might think your life is worth a million things. You don't want to let go of it. I'm telling you, it's so much better with Jesus. Because he helps us through them seasons. He helps us to see things and understand things. And he helps us to have meaning and purpose in this world. So we're not just here as nothing. We're here to add value to others. We're here to grow and be like Jesus. And that's what we were designed to do. But if we don't, there'll be colors missing in our lives. But if we do, guess what? There'll be more colors again. Come on. That is the last of my magic tricks. And I tell you, I felt more pressure on them tricks all week than blinking preparing this message. Oh. So, you know, Philippians 1, Paul writing to the church says this. He who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. If God has started something in you, he's guaranteed he's going to work it through and finish it in you. Because it's his spirit that does it in you. It's his resurrection power that will do it and raise you from the dead. So I'm going to ask two people in here, speak to two of you. Not two people, but two groups of people. The first group is about creating a new beginning. If you've never, ever turned away, maybe you've had some once upon a time and they've affected your life and you keep looking back at them and feeling like a disappointment or you're a nothingness, I want to say God wants to offer you a new beginning. And if you're here today, I want to speak to you and say, if you want that new beginning, you have to respond to Jesus and follow him. Not me, Jesus. And as you follow Jesus, what you'll find is Jesus will reveal himself to you and you'll realize it's not you looking for Jesus, but Jesus has been looking for you and then you'll realize you're found Oh, this is who I am. This is home. I've now found. And that's how it works. So if you're here and you want a new beginning, this is what I'm going to ask you to do in a minute, is stand up and say, I want a new beginning. And no one's looking here. People are looking. Just ignore them. It's about you and Jesus. The second group of people is this. That maybe, you know, you've been a Christian a while, but you've had some once upon a times. We've all had them. But your once upon a time is determined your outlook on life. You need a new beginning as well. You say, how do I do that? Well, you respond by doing this. You think on a different word than once upon a time. You think on something different that it says about you, not what your past says. And every day, that day is very early in the morning, you think on that every day and say, I'm going to think like this now, not like my once upon a time. And you start to think on it every day, what the Bible says, it will teach you as you follow Jesus. I'll think on that every day, and as I do that, I will start to speak a different language out of my mouth. I am creating a different new day. I'm trusting God is with me, even though I had disappointment. You start to articulate a different thing. It's a new day. Believe it's a new day. Believe Jesus is with you, even when it doesn't feel like it. And as you begin to speak, and you follow those words with your life, you'll find that that new beginning starts to happen. Is that making sense? So that's your homework for that second group of people. I'm not going to listen to my once upon a time. I'm going to listen to my Jesus every day. What he says about me. Why? Because his mercies are new every morning. Every morning his mercies are new. 
every morning. Yeah, but that happened yesterday. Yeah, but today's a new day. The sun's rising. Yeah, are you going to allow darkness over it? No, sun is rising. Sun is rising. Jesus is rising in my heart today. Jesus is rising in my heart when I go to work. Yeah, but it's very difficult. Yeah, but Jesus is rising. I'm thinking on him. I'm confessing him. My actions start to follow my language. I quite like that. So two groups of people. Who needs a new beginning? Who's going to choose now to move on from you once upon a time and create a different beginning and a different life? I just want to pray. And if that's any of you, whether it's first time or second time, whatever, you're going to respond by standing up. So let's just bow our heads for a minute. Let's just take a minute if anything's spoken to you. You know, God is a God who faithfully makes something out of nothing. It's who he is. He knows where you're at. He knows your, he knows your every day. He knows your thoughts. He knows your disappointments. He knows your pain. He knows your good times. He knows your laughter. He knows, your joy. He knows all of it. So, Father, we just come to you this morning. You're the God who makes something out of nothing. You're the God of beginnings. And, Father, I pray for every person in here, as they choose to respond to you today, that they would make a new beginning. God, they would trust in Jesus that you died for them. You offer forgiveness of sin. And you offer a new start. And, Father, I pray if people believe that in their hearts today, that they would encounter you, not just today, but this week and the days to come, as they receive you. And as you, if you're believing that in your heart right now, I want you to just start standing. I want you to stand. You're not standing for me, you're standing for Jesus. But if you've had some, once upon a time, some disappointments, you say, do you know what? I've had some of them. We've all had them. You know, and God can use them for good and they can change our lives and we can help us to be more compassionate. But sometimes they have a grip on us where we don't seem to be able to move into fullness of life. I want to say today, you make a stand and say, I'm choosing today a new beginning. I ask you to stand. God makes something out of nothing. He makes something out of nothing. The rest of us, I want you to stand with everybody in the room. And I'm going to read them Philippian words again that Paul writes. And remind you what Jesus did at the cross, he's going to do again in the future when he comes back and makes all things well. In the meantime, I want you to confess Jesus again. That he who began a good work in us will see it through to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you died, that you rose from the dead. We thank you that you're with each one of us right now, that we're not alone. And Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. You deserve it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.